Hello, 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 and welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And wow, talk about timing. Uh, literally the, the second I finish my sentence, uh, <laughs> the little Zoom connecting to audio connected up for uh, Sebastian there. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you doing? It's been lovely weather almost nationwide uh, recently. Uh, it, well, I mean, I say that. Big caveat. Uh, an incredible amount of places on fire. Uh, yeah, it's yes. looking pretty grim for, for many communities out there. If you're in one of these areas, uh, you know, please, uh, please uh, be safe. Actually, don't be stupid. Uh, is uh, is I think the the prevalent advice right now. I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews from the mayor of Halifax. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I have not. Oh, oh no, it's uh, I mean it's not good because okay. outside of Halifax is on fire and it's very serious. But okay. it's also hilarious that he has been just calling people who have been using propane to start like back fi- backyard fires. Uh, causing the fire department that's already stretched super thin in Nova Scotia to, right. to have to divert their already far too limited resources. And he said, you know, he's been like, don't be stupid. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it, this is not the time for fires. And I think even in Ontario, I think there's some recently there's been some fires. And of course, Alberta uh, is uh, suffering through quite a lot of fires right now as well. Um, it's all going on. Yeah, don't be stupid with, with fire. I think that seems to be the key the key takeaway. I mean, it's quite temperate here right now. We had a real Canada moment where uh, last week it was uh, 36 degrees on Thursday, I think. And currently I am wearing a hoodie because it is, I think, 17 degrees here. Um, I think it's a bit warmer. It's a bit warmer where I am, but there is uh, some cloud cover. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm wearing this, 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 I mean, we're on radio. No one can see me, but you can see me. I'm wearing this like nice orange knitted cardigan thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is delightful. It has nice white palm. palm. It's quite tropical looking. It's very tropical. I I love it. It is very of the season, mm-hmm. um, and uh, is excellent. Sorry, give me. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll deal with that in just a few minutes. All right. Uh, well, are, we are there ha- ducks? No, no. There was. I, a- I had a squirrel problem earlier. Oh my god, it's still there. A, a squirrel put a whole sandwich on my windowsill. Like an entire sandwich. Yeah, yeah, and just started, like, scratching at the window. I think he was trying to give it to me or something, and there's still a half-eaten squirrel sandwich on my windowsill. I'm not on the first floor, by the way, so I don't know how he hauled that thing up here. Well, but, yeah, no, there's a, uh, there's a squirrel who visits me every so often, and today he brought me a sandwich, which, on the one hand, I think that's sort of like when a cat brings you a dead mouse, and you're supposed to go, like, oh, thank you, because you don't want to discourage them. They're doing their cat behavior. They believe themselves to be doing a good thing. Yeah, they're you're gifting to... you a... Uh you know, terrorized and murdered small animal. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I kind of wanted to thank the squirrel, but instead I said, get out, get out of here and started doing the get off my lawn routine. And it just looked at me like, how dare you? So I I think I may have a fan. I think that that sandwich was for me. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm gluten intolerant and it has squirrel germs on it. So uh, just for our listeners, we do not recommend eating <laughs> offerings from wild or domestic animals like that. Gluten intolerance or no. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Regardless of your tolerance for wheat, uh, it's a strongly <laughs> advised no on eating, um, you know, squirrel offered sandwiches. I saw Groundhog out back the other day and I smelled a skunk the other day and out by the, the garbage bins. There's a small family of raccoons. This is mammal territory. Yeah. You're doing yeah. really well. You're going to be um, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. We are a gay news show, and we haven't. Uh, we're four minutes in, and we haven't discussed a single gay thing. Uh, although maybe being offered sandwiches by a squirrel is particularly gay. I don't know. I don't speak squirrel, so I can't. It, it uh, could be. I don't know. I can't. It could be a uh, thing. Confirm or deny. Uh, well, I wanted to start off with um, the. Here we go. Oh, there was an Ipsos survey. You know how much we love surveys. Uh, oh yes. At, uh, at Canqueer, we do love a nice big survey. Now let me mm -hmm. tell you about the the size and breadth and depth of this uh, this lovely survey. Let me find mm -hmm. the right one. So it's Nipsos, which is a, a, a large inter uh, international uh, surveying company. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm downloading the actual survey. I thought I was just opening a link to the, uh, <laughs> the, the news article about it. It's like, this is more detail than I was expecting. Uh, uh -huh. I'm trying to find how many people they actually surveyed. I believe it was about 20,000 um, across multiple countries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was Brazil, Peru, I think the United States, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get into it just here. Oh wow! So there was thirty countries: Brazil, Spain, Netherlands, Britain, New Zealand, Australia, Colombia, Switzerland, Canada, France, and so I'm not going to read all thirty names. We'll be here all mm -hmm. week, and uh, they essentially asked them to see uh, all these people in all these countries. You know, how do you identify? Canada was uh, 4% lesbian or gay, and then 4% bisexual, 1% pan, and 1% uh, uh, asexual. Um, mm -hmm. And that was about consistent. So that brings us up to be about 10% LGBTQ as a mm -hmm. country. Uh, the national average, like the international average was 9%. So they reckon about 9% of people worldwide identify as not straight based on this tens of thousands survey in multiple countries all over the place. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, one in 10, that that sounds about right. I don't know, if mm -hmm. it, it, maybe this isn't shocking news, but it's always nice to see large studies kind of reinforcing what, uh, what we, we thought may be the case. I mean, Mm, I, I, I'm I'm very curious about their uh, data gathering methods, though, because there have been previous surveys on the same topic that actually excluded some of these surveys uh, based on the way that they asked questions. It was open ended in a way that just sort of like, uh, I don't know, the 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 I mean, you have the um, oh, what was that thing? The seven point not not the gingerbread man, the other one, the Kinsey scale. Uh, where Kinsey had, uh, I think, seven or eight different dimensions that you could uh, you could place yourself upon. Identity was only one of them. One of them was desire. One of them was behavior. One of them was romantic interactions. Um, and a lot of the surveys that focus on that uh, ended up actually putting it at more like 3.5%. Um, and a lot of it comes down to what do you identify as versus what goes through your head versus what have you done in the past. I don't know. It, it's, it's very interesting. Um, these numbers are way off from what a lot of those other surveys say, which really kind of just makes me wonder either about, uh, you know, the, 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 the progress of time or um, whether or not the, the data gathering methods are, are that dramatically different. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be good to go into the details and see what this looks like relative to other similar surveys. I mean, that that's how science is done, right? Yeah. Well, for me, the numbers sound about right. They, they One are in ten? So, yeah, it's about consistent with the Canadian census. 
It's about consistent with the uh, the British census that came out a little while ago as well. British um, census was the three point five percent. Well, you know, but when you include the the every every make and shake version of not straight and, and uh, cisgendered, it, mm. it does flesh out a bit more. Um, they also found that Gen Zs were twice as likely as millennials to be gay or mm-hmm. what have you, queer in some way. Mm-hmm. And uh, four times more likely than Gen X and Boomers, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I think that that's just the the slow march of time. Every gen, every generation that follows is, you know, gayer than the one before, and the one before sort of straightifies. I don't sure, not sure if that's the right. You know, in your like teens to mid twenties, people are far more uh, sexually fluid than they are in their like fifties and sixties. You know, things, right. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. your sexuality sort of uh, settles down a little bit by the time you hit 30. Yeah, there was a, well, no, it wasn't Alfred and Kinsey, it was uh, Masters and Johnson. Um, after a while, they stopped studying human sexuality among people under the age of 25 because they found that the um, their, their sexual identity was a little bit more fluid. They were a little bit more experimental. They were sort of exploring what their feelings were versus what things were like in reality. Cause you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you fantasize about or they seem very appealing and then you do it and you go like, Oh, Oh no, that's not for me after all. That may have just been something that should have stayed in my head. Um, and then some people, maybe what they'll do is, you know, the, the way they see themselves or what they want to do with their lives is pretty consistent all the way through, but the label they apply to that might evolve over time. Um, but either way, what they found was that the the sexual identity of adults about 25 and up is um, a little bit different from people under the age of 25 and more stable. Mm-hmm. So if you ask somebody at 26, what do you identify as? It'll be probably be the same thing at 36, 46, 56. Whereas under 25, you can ask somebody every two years. And it, that's not to say that it's going to be different every time you, you know, I'm, I'm a daisy today. I'm a gay man. Now I'm a porpoise. Like, it, it's not going to be that dramatic. But it, there's a little bit more wiggle room for the under under 25 crowd. So some of this could just be an artifact of um, time and age and normal human development. Um, you know, to, to assume that if only like 1% of, of boomers identify as lesbian, that doesn't mean that that's actually only 1% of them are lesbian. It could be the identity. It could be, uh, the, the space to explore that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty wide and, and variable, you know? Uh, one of the other findings they had is globally on average, well, they say globally, these 30 countries, there are yeah. 182 of them. So, you know, take from that what you will. Uh, but one in two adults have a relative friend or colleague who is gay or lesbian. And then one in four who is bisexual. When we look at um, Canada on that uh, on that front... Uh, mm-hmm. The visibility in Canada, 52% of people know someone who is gay, um, lesbian, or just, you know, good old homosexual. Um, mm-hmm. And then about a third know somebody who is bi. About 20% know someone, one in five people know someone who is trans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I bring this up because it humanizes it. I think it is that way of demystifying, you know, queer folks if you know someone like oh, mm-hmm. Uncle Travis is uh, is a trans asexual. Of course, you know that's uh, that's what we know. We compare that to you know Poland, and only one in three people know somebody who is gay. Um, 
bit more people know someone gay in Britain. And I'm trying to find the United States. Uh, more people identified as knowing someone who is gay in the States compared to Canada. So, more you know. Anyway, Ooh. it was an interesting study. You know how much we love uh, an, an interesting study here on Can Queer. Um, now, I got contacted by one of our longtime listeners, and uh, I want to uh, acknowledge and thank them for reaching out about Anthony Bass, Bass, B-A-S-S, I think it's Bass. Are you familiar with uh, Anthony and uh, the Blue Jays? I, I've heard of this story. I know that the, the 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 story is that he shared a video that has been deemed homophobic. I have been trying to find out exactly what video that is and if I could watch it myself and, and make up my own opinion about how bad it is. Um, and I haven't been able to find it. I mean, partly it was taken down and he disassociated himself from it. It's probably still out there, but it's just a matter of, of knowing exactly which one. Uh, yeah. Well, t tell the, the whole story. Yeah, I think yeah. I put the cart before the horse it was, there. Uh, the, the video was shared with me, um, and I, I thank them for, for getting that over to us. Essentially, uh, this uh, Blue Jays player, many people here probably you know may well know who that is, uh, Anthony Bass, uh, Bass, I forget exactly how to pronounce his last name, mm -hmm. um, shared a video from a Christian preacher based out of Florida, um, effectively riling against Target and the uh, pride-flagged products, um, really quoting a bunch of scripture about how you shouldn't be supporting the work of the devil and, and so on and so forth, like very much uh, uh, very much of the vein of the anti-gay protests and boycotts that have permeated a whole bunch of different um, pride initiatives uh, across, mm -hmm. uh, across the states. Um, the difference was, I think, with this one compared to previous occasions where professional sports people have said something or shared something particularly uh, deemed to be homophobic, was the reaction of the Blue Jays. Now, I've been thinking about this all week. Mm -hmm. Now, Anthony came out almost immediately the next day, apologized, uh, said that uh, he's going to use the resources of the Blue Jays uh, to... Uh, which is a baseball team for those who don't sports. Um, mm -hmm. You know, use the resources of the, the baseball team to kind of learn more about why this is an issue and how sharing this could impact uh, the fans and, and their their understanding of this being an accessible sport, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, didn't take any questions from media and sort of uh, stay stum the next day. The Blue Jays mm -hmm. themselves said that they obviously do some great Pride programming. They've been a long-time partner with Pride Toronto, um, mm -hmm. But the question was, has this been enough? You know, previously, players who made homophobic comments or shared homophobic comments were uh, given quite severe consequences. But this one just seems a uh, not even a slap on the wrist for for it. Now, it wasn't completely consequence free when Anthony went onto the pitch uh, like a day or two later was very much booed by the collective mm. crowd. You know what I mean? Like people when your fan base is booing you, um, you need to, you know, that's a you know, you, you that's not a very good position to be in as a professional sportsman uh, mm -hmm. to have your fans actively booing you <laughs> as you enter the field. Well, they're not really your fans anymore if they're booing. Yeah, you've got a bit of work to do to kind of re-ingratiate yourself. Unless it's pro wrestling, because in pro wrestling, booing is cheering. 
this is true, but it's not. It's yes. baseball. But it's not pro wrestling. It's it's baseball, yes. It, it's really strange. The way you described the outcome just to me feels like HR stepped in and said, here's a script. Read this. You're I, going to... I'm going to stop you there because I saw his vigil coming in and speaking out. Uh, uh-huh. I believe uh, Anthony's from Michigan originally. I don't think he's Canadian. Okay. Um, and it is devoutly Christian, re- essentially reposted what is a Christian preacher's video on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, even though the video itself was was uh, definitely can be perceived as homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the sense that his statement was authentic. You know, I very much got the sense from the player that, you know, it was done almost immediately. Like there was, it was, and I think that's part of what the Blue Jays were saying. We're like, look, this mm-hmm. isn't like other times. You know, Anthony got it, understood how you know foot in mouth problem here, mm-hmm. uh, and is going to try and do, try and learn and do better. But I, I had the absolute pleasure of being on a uh, <laughs> a, a plane uh, next to a coach for a uh, top-tier sports team uh, in Canada for about four hours a couple of days ago. And uh, they'd forgotten their headphones, so they were a captive audience for me for for four hours. I'm not Uh going to say who, because I don't want to throw this team or this band, uh, uh, these folks under the bus. But I was, you know, professional level, top level, similar kind of league to the Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. And I was asking, how do you navigate... As somebody responsible for a team of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a uh, team of men in this case, how do you navigate balancing that right to free speech, to express yourselves, you know, on spaces like social media platforms, mm-hmm. whilst also having them be representatives of the team, of their colleagues, of their teammates, of the institution? of the city of Toronto in the case of mm. the Blue Jays. You know, how do you make that balance work? How do you um, do image management without image overmanagement? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we talked for a while about it, and I think that we, me and you, mm-hmm. can queer, you know, that have a role to play here. There is definitely a sense from some folks in the queer community that the Blue Jays have not done enough that this should have been more clearly and decisively reprimanded. And I suspect that there are those who are like, you know, this is, you know, someone who is American may not be aware of the the cultural, uh, the, the way that the Toronto culture works in terms of, uh, you know, LGBTQ acceptance and what mm-hmm. is considered to be acceptable, you know, dialogue on, on, on things like targeting pride displays at, at Target. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And also the people should be able to express themselves in a way that, you know, they're not feeling micromanaged. Yeah. yeah. And my my takeaway was uh, I think that they what, what they did was probably enough. I think we need to sort of collectively lower the temperature here. Is it great that he shared this video? Were there some young baseball fans who were maybe disappointed to see that and felt like maybe this this player doesn't believe in their ability to be openly gay with a Target-made T-shirt? Maybe, maybe. Mm. But is it an attack on all queer people in Toronto? I don't think so. You no, know I, I mean? don't think so either, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's interesting because for both, um, well, for, uh, Target, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Target because that's that's the topic of conversation right now. Um, scrolling through 
uh, the events of the past week, uh, it is very easy to find opinion pieces from within the community, from other LGBTQ people in Canada and in the U.S. who agree in the Target boycott, but not for the reason you think. It's just things like reject the pink dollar. If you really want to get a pride shirt, go to a queer-owned business, go to a small business, go to a local business. I would never get a pride shirt at Target, but that's because you and I both know a, a gentleman who owns a queer goods store yeah, and yeah, has pride gear. Like, they, why they would I go to Target movies, when I could so, go support yeah. him, you know? Yeah, so I, I it's, it's really strange because the boycott there are some people within the community who are also saying like that's what we've been saying for 10 years we don't agree with the tone we don't like the direction the new one's going in it's for the wrong reasons but i mean we've been saying for years you shouldn't be doing this anyway go independent and it's really such a strange thing of like how sometimes situations like this make strange bedfellows um but yeah no uh, it's i think i don't know it, the whole dialogue has gotten very strange and complicated over the the recent times just because i have seen things from the hard right where people on the hard left have been saying something similar for quite some time just with a very different motivation um should we be boycotting bud light well you have a lot of people saying like bud light's not a great beer anyway so why are we there's no boycott because why are we buying it in the first place yeah. jokes aside though um, people saying, like, why would you do that when there are, are other small Canadian microbreweries that you could support for other reasons, financially supporting Canadian businesses, supporting local business, supporting businesses with a long history of not optics oriented marketing, but people who actually have put in the footwork for the community for quite some time. Uh, why would you why would you do that? So, I mean, it's really I don't know, uh, uh, not to say that this guy's off the hook because uh i mean i couldn't find the video but I'm, I'm trusting you that it was pretty horrible um you know if he said something i would agree with but from motivations that i would not agree with i mean that is pretty telling and that is something that that is worthy of discussion but i don't know it, it is it is so strange the 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 dialogue uh being pride season mm-hmm um, this is an old topic, but with a completely new spin, because people well, have been talking about this for and quite some time. I have, there is some interesting work on that. It's worth noting that uh, some some right wing uh, um, media folks have actually articulated that one of the reasons why they do these boycotts, uh, ironically, they're now also boycotting um, Chick Fil A. Which oh. for our for our audience sake, because uh, Chick Fil A rolled out some diversity, equity, and inclusion um, sort of you know uh, company company wide initiatives, mm-hmm. and they've now accused Chick Fil A of being woke. Chick Fil A, of course, a chicken restaurant. You know they make chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Um, but the the majority owner of that of Chick Fil A is a devout Christian. They're closed on Sundays. And devout Mormon. Devout Mormon, and they have devout a track devout. record of funding. Uh, organizations that have historically uh, opposed measures against conversion therapy and stuff like they they they've put money in places that are not very pro-gay so mm-hmm. the gay community has always been like you can keep chick-fil-a and now the right uh, the right uh, 
the, the harder right people um, are, are now also targeting Chick-fil-A. I don't know who's left eating Chick-fil-A at this point. Well, that's the interesting thing, though, because they're still in business and they're still pulling profit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wanted generally to read speaking, this list boycotts you. are not as effective as people crack them up to be. I want to read this list to you. This is, uh, this is the organizations being boycotted for pride, you know, pride, uh, in just engaging with pride. Build-A-Bear... Target, Maybelline, Hershey Chocolate, The North Face, mm -hmm. uh, Lego, Tampax, Starbucks, okay. Nikes, Coca-Cola, Burger King, McDonald's, Cadbury's Cream Egg, Adidas, Hallmark, Toy Story, Doritos, The Co-op, Britney Spears herself, uh, okay. PetSmart, Walgreens, The Disney Channel, uh, PayPal, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, Firefox, Home Depot, Ikea, Walmart, and Ford. <laughs> so they have all had boycotts issued against them. Now, if anyone wants to do grocery shopping, uh, I don't know how they're going to manage it with these, with these boycotts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in place. But the other thing I wanted to mention, there was a great study done by, uh, let me see if I can find it. I think it's Media Monitor. And what mm -hmm. they do is they measure the media exposure on different things. And they looked at the period of time going from... May 23rd to May 30th. And they found that Fox News spent about 132 minutes, so two hours and 12 minutes, covering the target backlash, the, the, mm. the topic we're talking about now. And yet they'd spent about 22 seconds covering the 451 clergy abuse of children report by uh, the Illinois Attorney General's office. So I think we mentioned that in passing as well. We probably spent about a similar amount of time on it, uh, that in Illinois there's a big report from the Attorney General's mm -hmm. office that found 451 members of the Illinois Catholic Church uh, had uh, uh, have been accused of abusing over 2,000 ch children, definitely oh over 2 God. children, uh, over 2,000 children in the state of Illinois um, over the past 70 years. And, of course, that's just Illinois. We've been talking about uh, these abuses in Ireland and, and uh, in Canada and as these reports come up uh, every so often. But I think the point here is this, you know, let's boycott X, Y, Z is now so watered down. It's, mm. you know, it's like uh, a glass of lemonade, which is water near a lemon. You know, there's no depth or substance to it. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it seems to be a sort of fake backlash. And the reason why I bring this up is there was another study that came out. Let me see if I can find the, my note on that one as well. That found that a record number of people actually support LGBTQ folks in the community. So GLAD, the Gays mm -hmm. and Lesbians Against Defamation organization, did another uh, ac accelerating acceptance study where they surveyed a whole bunch of Americans, and they found about 84% supported equal rights in the gay community. 70% mm -hmm. said that the company should publicly support them. So what I see here is the actual real people of America, you know, mm -hmm. the, your Joe Schmoes on the street, um, either are like, yeah, okay, whatever, you're gay, that's, that's cool, or just beyond ambivalent. You know, the number of people following through in a boycott and following mm -hmm. through you know it's just uh there's almost a uh i hate to use the word hysteria because it's it's uh, not a good word but there, there, yeah, it, there is that, yeah. A, yeah there is a yeah. Uh, a false um panic 
around yeah. you know queerness and corporate entities mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't reflect what most people genuinely think most people are just frankly not bothered i mean this was uh, this is one of those things that came out when um uh reporters actually uh, uh, back when vice did a lot more uh, boots on the ground sort of investigative sort of gonzo style journalism i do remember there's a few reports that came out of iran and iraq where they were talking about how the reputation that um both of the those countries have uh, in terms of uh, ultra conservatism is just not merited because the vast majority of people just like the vast majority of people everywhere around the world they're really just more focused on going to work on time paying their bills getting food on the table taking care of their kids hobbies and it really is just a few extreme people on the fringes who are giving everything the bad reputation that it has now unfortunately if those people legally can carry guns and are legally in power then you know you can get sort of a uh uh, uh, dare I say, like an Erdogan situation in Turkey, like you, you can get like because Turkey is a very moderate country in reality. It's just the wrong. Well, I don't say the wrong people, but certain the, people the recently are recently re-elected president. Uh, oh well, re-elected himself, basically. Yeah, because yeah, uh, uh, the Turkish <laughs> embassy is listening. That uh, that's not uh, <laughs> no, no. Stance. I'm sorry. I, I, they were democratically nothing. elected yeah. just by the skin of their teeth. But yes, no, it was. But yeah, uh, in general, most people are just sort of like. They ain't hurting nobody. They're not bothering me. I don't deal with them on your average idle Tuesday. So what do I care? I mean, that's most people for a lot of it. Not to say that people just don't care, but uh, I don't know. Pe- people just have their own priorities. And, you know, what 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 the queers are doing to the soil is not one of them. Exactly. Most people yeah. just really genuinely don't care. I suspect that most people are going to be annoyed by gay people this summer for traffic disruptions due to pride parades yeah. you know what i mean you're trying to get someone is a you know a darn parade you know waltzing across the road um but we do move fast gay people walk fast so yes. <laughs> the parades generally speaking don't take uh, a huge amount of time well i mean you could also say we do we walk fast but we're bad drivers, which is why every pride parade is terrible because they can't get the floats around the corners. They just, they need more lesbians in these trucks. They That's don't know weird. swing left before you turn right. It's mm. it's just, uh, when you got a big a big rig, yeah, no, it's, uh, the, you, you could make all kinds of bad driver jokes there. Because it is the floats in reality that, that yeah. the Toronto parade a few years ago that just got held up for like six hours. Not not the, the BLM one, the one that was otherwise fine, but still took two hours longer than expected. It was the floats. Yeah. So, I mean, but not, not, the, not the marchers. The marchers were just booting it because they're like we got to get from point a to point b there's floats in the way at point b there are beer gardens let's go let's go let's go exactly that's how yeah. we uh we manage it all right yeah. lots more news coming up uh in the show we're going to be talking about uh a recent study into how the british armed forces have treated their uh, gay and lgbtq um soldiers and uh, pivot that to a bit of an update from the lgbtq purge memorial slash monument in ottawa uh, as well news from japan uganda cyprus latvia uh, the ukraine and uh, a uh, tegan Sarah features briefly in our update as well all of that and more coming up just after this song someone to forget by lights uh, i'm playing it on the same machine that you're on here seb so i'm going to meet you and uh, we'll uh, be back just after this I needed a shoulder to cry 
Hello and welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name remains Luke Smith and uh, Sebastian is muted and he will be joining us back in any second. 
Oh my god, you muted me. Oh, my poor heart. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, it happens. Sometimes you say outrageous <laughs> things, and I'm like, wait, sorry, we're losing the connection. <laughs> Everyone's faked a tunnel on a phone call every now and then, so there we go. We make it work. All right, we'd, uh, I did want to just clarify uh, in a closing note about the Blue Jays and Anthony Bates' uh, response there. Um, you know, I think it is important that the Blue Jays and other organizations uh, be strong advocates for people being their their whole selves in mm -hmm. sport from the professional soccer players that have come out um, mm -hmm. and other sports what we know is that when they are not spending some of their brain time trying to hide or worrying about whether or not their, their teammates are going to have their back um, when you're not wasting all your energy doing that you are a much better player like that's consistently proven so mm -hmm. making sure that you know, the Blue Jays is a team that welcomes and empowers gay folks so that they can be the best players they can be and then be better for the team. Always good things. So I think as long as that happens, then, we're, then mm -hmm. you know, we're good to go. Um, you had uh, a couple of updates as well. I did see you mentioned Uganda. We'll get into that uh, in just a few minutes. But first of all, uh, you have an update from Montreal that we're, we're currently monitoring. Well, it's it's at this point in time, it's kind of a non-story. Uh, because details are, are yet to come in. There was a, a shooting uh, in the village in Montreal, and a 61-year-old uh, gay man has died, and uh, they're, they're yet to release the names. It happened in um, Ville-Marie. So if you know Montreal, then you know that that is... Uh, it's sort of outside the... It's really weird. They, they said that it, it happened in the village, but then the guy was found in Ville-Marie. I'm not sure what the details are. The It's very bizarre. Um, the only thing that they have concluded was that there was a gunshot to the upper torso and that it has definitely been ruled to be a homicide. Hmm. Uh, people are a little bit worried. I think a lot of people are, are worried about a uh, Toronto situation again, but it could just be personal. It could be a theft. Just to it's, clarify, when you say Toronto nothing. situation, you're referring to Bruce MacArthur, who was the yes. serial killer active here for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. The serial killer active during the time of Mark Saunders as the chief of police. And we know how well that case was handled by the Toronto Police Service. So mm -hmm. I'm just mentioning that. Not that anyone in particular is running for mayor of the city of Toronto, but it's always mm -hmm. worth reminding people <laughs> who is responsible for one of the largest serial killers in queer history in Canada. Well, um, I mean, the real villain of the story is Bruce MacArthur yeah, himself. Yeah, I think uh, actively uh, choosing not to participate in the National Missing Persons Database also comes with a degree of negligence. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah, I have I have very few kind things to say about uh -huh. uh, how the leadership of TPS managed the Bruce MacArthur serial killings. So, But that's, mm -hmm. that's a whole different can of worms that I can always mm -hmm. crack open. Um, I wanted to talk about a report that came out of the UK. Uh, they were looking at, uh, let, me, let me get that right, it's the LGBT Veterans independent review report mm -hmm. uh, out of the UK and they were looking into um, the service members from 1967 to 2000 and the report itself has just been handed into the British government uh, mm -hmm. for review but elements of it have been leaked now Canada underwent uh, a somewhat uh, similar process with the LGBTQ purge uh, organization that got set up um, mm -hmm. that did a huge study into uh, 
uh, folks who were dishonorably discharged. Uh, the, the shocking testimonials and uh, some of the content that's been leaked uh, from this report, from people who served in the British Armed Forces from 67 through to 2000, was that many of them endured uh, horrific treatment, including, uh, trigger warning here, folks, including uh, sexual assault, uh, extra uh, surveillance from their superiors, even electroshock therapy uh, that left bruises and other burn marks uh, on them. Um, there has been a torrent of people commenting uh, who had been in the armed forces and then discharged, uh, sharing some of their uh, some of their experiences. The mm -hmm. report is entirely independent from the British government and the armed services uh, in the UK. It is being head up by uh, Lord Everett, I think it was um, QC. I believe he's a former judge. Um, who is doing this independent report. I think the recommendation is to compensate uh, all of these soldiers who were kicked out on, by virtue of just being gay um, for loss of pension, loss of pay uh, that happened. And I bring mm -hmm. that up because that's very much what the LGBTQ fund, uh, the, the LGBT purge fund is in Canada. There was a similar investigation, big similar report that found that uh, I, don't, I do not recall mention of electroshock therapy in the Canadian context. I feel there like I would have remembered machine, that. There was the machine, which is similar but not identical. Yeah, so the yeah. the iconic use of the fruit machine is, uh, is one of the Canadian solutions yeah. here. But um, the fund was created. It, it has a lot of money in there. Anyone who was dishonorably discharged uh, or, you know, let go by the Canadian Armed Forces and the Ministry of Defence Mm -hmm. um, you know, prior to the the ending of those policies, um, may well be eligible for for uh, recompense through the purge fund. So mm -hmm. please go and take a look. I think it's lgbtpurgefund.ca or something equally so. Google search will will easily find you uh, this particular thing. Um, the fund was created, as you may recall, because I think the Canadian government was trying to discreetly dodge a very large class action lawsuit. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that the Canadian government has a reputation for trying to dodge class action lawsuits. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, on this occasion, the they created the purge fund uh, as a way of being able to manage a payout. Uh, I think it was a settlement with, with folks who had been affected. Mm -hmm. And a part of that went to go fund a monument and... Uh, um, a yeah, really like a, a place of uh, of of recollection and thought, a, a monument in Ottawa. I believe it's going to be near the Supreme Court, uh, just on the riverfront. We were discussing the design about a year ago. They announced who the winning that, yeah. bid was. It was Winnipeg yeah. with a sort of um, large pillar with like a, like a hollow pillar. With like the way it's all like like shaped when you're standing, it's supposed to remind you of a big cloud. Um, they've updated the design. Oh. Just this past couple of weeks, and now like the really nice bridge is gone. The, mm -hmm. the 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 hollow pillow looks a bit, bit wider and more spaced out. Essentially, someone's gone and looked at their design and be like, "That's lovely." Not remotely accessible with a wheelchair, but mm -hmm. lovely. Um, it, so it could yeah. have also been uh, uh, the the there's there's an ongoing uh, 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 battle between engineers and architects that has been under the surface 
for centuries and the 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 architects want to build things that are beautiful and the engineers look at their buildings and say you know that's not going to stand up right yeah so, so... i think the engineers <laughs> have got a hold of it this time and uh you know the sidewalks are all a bit wider and uh-huh. you know the the memorial piece is now on ground floor not up where it was but you know they've they've accessibility mm-hmm. the design now as long as uh, civil servants don't get their fingers on it because that's oh. when all the the fun and joy gets sucked out of the design yeah, you don't so. want to be the design by committee yeah <laughs> but to go back to the uk story i have heard that one of the requests uh for the settlement is for king charles to uh, apologize on behalf of the crown now obviously he was not the one who made any decisions back in the 60s it would have been well not even not even queen elizabeth ii because she is largely she was largely hands off with the military uh but still as the crown and the representative of the united kingdom they they would want an apology from from charles i so, think it's worth mentioning because i think this is a cultural context that gets lost a lot when i think people are familiar with the uh, affiliation of the president of of the united states as the commander in chief mm-hmm. the sort of symbolic uh, important tie of the U.S. Armed Forces and their president. Like, there is mm-hmm. this this tie. Now, yeah. that's, the, that's the sort of relationship that the British monarchy has to the British Armed Forces. Mm-hmm. The role of Her Majesty the Queen uh, until her recent death, like, she was intrinsically linked. Um, mm-hmm. I think nearly all of the male members of the British royal family have gone through and served in various different regiments in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them are, uh, are um, ambassadors or, or uh, representatives of different branches of the armed forces. So the crown mm-hmm. and the army are so, like, they're, they're hand and glove oh, yeah. in terms of their relationship. So it's more about, I don't think it's about sort of a mea culpa in terms of ministerial policy because it would have been a a policy of the Ministry of Defense. It would have been a policy of multiple successive labor and conservative governments. But rather it's about acknowledging that consequence from a leadership perspective from Mm. your figurehead, your your leader at the time. And I think there is is definitely a place for King Charles to to acknowledge and apologize. And, and culturally, in England, the crown is England. So if England is apologizing, but the crown is not apologizing, then England has not apologized. So, I mean, there there is that that little cultural thing as well. I don't, I don't think Charles is going to say no to that if, if they come to that conclusion. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to put his foot down on that one. But Yeah, no. And likewise, we had um, the, the Prime Minister Trudeau uh, famously apologized uh, at Parliament for mm-hmm. the treatment of uh, LGBTQ service members. But the um, Canadian equivalent would be that it should have been the Governor General. But... I think the Governor General also apologized. I think oh, it was okay. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, it, okay. so we've been keeping an eye on it. Um, I did want to mention, I'm um, keeping on the one side eye on the time here, mm-hmm. a couple of other Canadian stories. Do you recall that Tegan and Sarah released a memoir called, uh, I think it was High School, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. They've now released a graphic novel um, around called, um, oh my gosh, I think it was Junior High. Okay. And it's based on their sort of pre-high school years. Um, okay. Really, it's been billed as, you know, you know, there's definitely a few different things out there expressing, um, yeah, there's a graphic novel called Junior High. 
you know, lots of things out there about, you know, being, you know, discovering your sexuality and at, uh, at different ages. Mm. But I think this might be the only graphic novel that explores the, you know, learning of your sexuality the same time as your identical twin. Like mm -hmm. they have quite a niche uh, experience mm -hmm. uh, out there. So for all of our Tegan and Sarah fans, um, check out the graphic novel uh, Junior High by them, which I believe dropped only in the last couple of days. It's so relatively, relatively recent um, that, uh, that that happened. And then the last one I wanted to mention before we dive into a song, unless there's anything else I've missed uh, from you, is the University of Oxford and Mansfield College in particular have announced a uh, permanently endowed professorship in LGBTQ history in their history department. Mm -hmm. So there's I going did. to be an Oxford professor in gay history. Okay. I do remember uh, reading that title, and I, I I read a little bit about it, but I don't know. It, it felt, I mean, to be honest, it felt like a bit of a slow Newsweek story. Um, but well, I don't know. I guess it depends on your opinion about Oxford. Well, for me, it's not necessarily about Oxford, but I think, you know, we talk about we talked about the LGBTQ purge and, and our, you know, the consequence of our queer history there and, mm. and the big arc of time. You know, I think having someone, you know, focusing and capturing, because, of course, queer folks, you know, a lot of them died off in the AIDS epidemic. You know, uh, the queer community has for decades and decades suffered from high rates of suicide ideation. And mm -hmm. a lot of our culture is an orally transmitted culture. You know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. not a huge amount of documentation related to queer history in Canada. Uh, whatever there is should go to the archives, the, the LGBTQ archives in, in Toronto and, and be, be stored there. Right. But I, yeah. I wanted to mention this story in the context of capturing queer history and, and you know, not letting it get lost to the uh, the annals of time because it, mm -hmm. it's the history of people and uh, that's easy to lose. Or misconstrued to the annals of time. This is something like I, I am very interested in queer history, but I don't know how many times I've read something about this historical figure, or that historical figure was gay. And then you read what the evidence of that is uh, and there. It, very little like there there's um oh i think it was antony it was it was a a roman general had a reputation for being gay and it was purely because when his best friend died he cried at the funeral so everyone's like oh must be gay i don't know people were just looking for something it was really bizarre but um uh, yeah if 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 it's a history professor who's very evidence-based i would love to read his work and actually see what he has to say about things because there's a lot of a bit, because it is an oral history there's a lot of things out there where the community says something and you look it up and you're like ah, it's 80 percent correct i would love to see evidence-based history being done which is exactly what the archives does they don't make any claims that they can't back with a box of documentation and they've got hundreds of boxes of documentation so it's it's good work yeah all right, we'll be back with a bit of a rapid roundup of the good international news that we've seen uh, coming after this. This is Electric uh, by the Calgary-based rapper Sincere, and uh, we'll be back just after this. Mm -hmm. Hello? What you want tonight, fool? No. I heard Shanique and them got a party tonight, and uh, it's supposed to be lit. Hey, it's a party tonight, tell a friend. Friend to bring a friend, we act it off for the night. Get your back up off the wall. 
like cake and nine. Act up and I'm about to catch a case of nine. Known in that in them states where you ain't and nine. Tonight we finna skate, skate, bodies hate us. Heating up hotter than the equator. If you a Debbie down, down, we don't rate ya. Put your hands up, up in the eight ya. Coming with the flavor in your eight ya. From the sidelines, it's a cousin slide in the skyline. I'm with your parlaying, we drinking my ties. She wanna join the Mayo High, sweet swishes with the gas, got her high high. Her man disappeared out of sight, out of mind, right? Sipping and he's spilling liquor on these off white. Way too much liquor on his tail, so it shots. Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. That was Electric by Sincere, a fantastically talented rapper out of Calgary. Now, I did promise a rapid round uh, news update. You know, I love being able to share good news. Uh, it mm-hmm. is, uh, we struggle sometimes to find good news internationally. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were able to find a few of them this year, uh, sorry, this week, which is mm-hmm. uh, always worth sharing. Uh, Cyprus has uh, rolled out a ban. Uh, it just passed a Cypriot parliament. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the correct way of framing it. Uh, that would essentially ban conversion therapy in Cyprus. Uh, there's a, a fine now attached to it. Uh, also, we saw that uh, Kiev's pride in, from the Ukraine um, will be held in Liverpool. Now, you may recall okay. that Liverpool hosted uh, Eurovision on behalf of the Ukraine. And uh, I think this is just a continuation of a bit of like a twin city kind of relationship that's happening between Liverpool, England and Kyiv, Ukraine, uh, whilst the Russians are still uh, launching drone drone attacks into Kyiv. So, yeah, it's uh, a a nice, pleasant uh, story that they are still providing a space for for Ukrainians to celebrate pride. Yes. A uh, quick story out of Japan that the uh, the courts there basically said that it is uh, unconstitutional to ban same-sex marriage. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be getting same-sex marriage this year, but they are one step closer. Um, and a lot of the um, things like uh, uh, individual Shinto priests and Buddhist monks can marry people if they want, but the recognition that that's going to get is still in the air. They're figuring it out little by little. Um, yeah, our listeners might be like, Japan, same-sex marriage, this seems familiar. And that's uh-huh. because it is familiar. This particular ruling by the Nagoya District Court is uh, that finds it unconstitutional is the latest in the string of recent rulings by superior courts in different areas. Uh, I believe that uh, Osaka, uh, there was a ruling there saying that the ban was unconstitutional. There was also a Tokyo court hearing uh, relatively recently that also found it was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the third region in Japan 
at uh, the highest level of the court to find it unconstitutional. Uh, however, the Japanese uh, uh, legislature has not yet addressed the diet. This. Yes, the diet. I'm. I'm what are you trying to say? Which is the most interesting name for a government there is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. We. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify. If you're thinking deja vu, you're not wrong. This is the yeah. third separate region <laughs> in Japan that has uh -huh. discovered the exact same thing. Uh, yep. The front runner for prime minister in Thailand uh, was recently at try, uh, I believe, a Thai Pride event uh, initiative where they have promised to pass same-sex marriage legislation if they form government. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Pira, uh, the the front runner for the Thai prime ministerialship, um, has indicated that they will. Whether or not that can be banked on, if you're Thai, who knows? Uh, mm -hmm. we, we shall see. Politicians make promises all of the time, um, and not usually or not always do they follow through with them. That may sh shock and surprise some people, but uh, hopefully not all. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any uh, global stories that I may have missed? Uh, nope. Uh, just the only other thing that I found was that the, the front runner for the the upcoming Thailand election also marched in the Bangkok Pride Parade. Exactly. So, I, mean, I put, think it was there that they made the promise. Yeah. yeah. Not just lip service, actually getting out there and burning a calorie, literally burning a calorie by walking uh, whatever length the parade route is. And finally, uh, the Canadian government has condemned the recent anti-gay law passed by the U or signed into law by the president of Uganda. Uh, the United States is reviewing potential sanctions and other restrictions uh, as a result of this law. Essentially, the legal landscape of going into Uganda has changed as a result of this law. And they're looking at how their uh, various structures in place uh, work on that. Uh, we've not heard if Canada is considering uh, any kind of similar efforts, but I know that the European Union uh, is also reviewing what they can do. Globally, leaders all over the world have condemned uh, this particular action. Uh, even some people you you know you may not uh, you may not expect, but we will continue to monitor the situation. It is a bit much. I mean, you're going to get people from countries that are like a little bit mid when it comes to gay rights who look at this kind of thing and they say that's, you know, we, we know who we are, but that's a bit much. So there, there are world leaders from all sorts of places, as you say, you, you, you wouldn't normally expect her speaking out against this. Absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting uh, and uh, bringing the LGBTQ world news to our wonderful audience. Uh, we will be back next week. We're playing out with Josephine by TYA. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Every time. He leaves without saying goodbye. Empty bed with too much space. All he leaves is an empty tube of toothpaste I'm in love with Joe.